Once more, welcome and greetings from Elfie's World. This is the place where we, well, we try to bring you a little fun, pique your interest, and, you know, maybe, maybe we might even give you the opportunity to learn a thing or two about history. Wouldn't that be great, huh? I am so glad that you decided to join us. Now, today, we're presenting another program from our collection of stories entitled Elfie's Amazing But True Tales. These are true stories that have often been, well, either excluded from the pantheon of history or not given quite the attention that they deserve for, well, for whatever reason. My name's Elfie Wolfram, and I hope you enjoy our presentation. Now, this is episode number 56, and it is entitled World's Greatest Pirate. So kick back, relax, hey, and enjoy. Question. Who was the greatest pirate of all times? Was it the favorite of Queen Elizabeth I, Sir Francis Drake? Uh, no. Uh, how about the infamous Blackbeard, a.k.a. Edward Teach? Nope. Oh, could it possibly be the notorious Henry Morgan? No. What if I were to tell you not only was it not one of these uh, gentlemen from the Caribbean, but it was a woman from China? Well, it all began in the year 1775 when Shai Yang was born in Guangdong province of China. Little is known about her childhood except that she grew up in extreme poverty. At an early age, in order to survive, she became a Cantonese prostitute working in a floating brothel. She became known as Shai Hiang Ku. In 1801, she married a notorious pirate named Sheng Ai. Now, the family of Sheng Ai had been successful pirates for over a hundred years. Now, it's not clear why Sheng Ai married Chai. Some say it was for love, while others say, no, no, it was strictly business. Well, whatever the reason, they mutually decided to enter into a formal business agreement. It gave Shai an equal control in the pirate business of Shanghai, as well as granting her half the proceeds. Oh, she must have been one terrific negotiator. Now, Shai took the name of Shanghai Seo, which meant wife of Shanghai. From the beginning, she took an active part in her husband's pirate business they would soon form an alliance with other Chinese pirates. Now, working together, in 1804, they commanded the most powerful pirate fleet in all the world. It was known as the Red Flag Fleet. But then, unexpectedly, in November of 1807, Shanghai died in Vietnam. Shai was left alone in a patriarchal society that almost never recognized women in positions of authority. Now, what would happen to the, the infamous Red Flag Fleet? 
How could Shai possibly manage all those fierce, violent men who had only ever known a male leader? Well... Well, upon her husband's death, Shai lost no time in maneuvering herself into a position of leadership. She immediately began to develop personal relationships with her rivals, persuading them that she should be the leader of that merry band of pirates. Shai then used her <clears throat> feminine wiles to convince her adopted stepson, Shang Po, to be her partner in crime. Next, she convinced the rest of her late husband's family that she was the only person suited for the leadership position of their family pirate business. And finally, she worked to convince all the captains of her mighty pirate fleet that she was essential to their success. Now that uh, Shai was in charge, she realized this was too big a venture for uh, one person to handle alone. Because she knew the ordinary pirate would never take orders from a woman, she realized that it was wise to put her adopted stepson, Shang Po, in charge of well, not only the daily operations of the Red Flag Fleet, but also the direct handling of the pirates. Now, knowing that she had the complete loyalty of Shang Po, Shai proceeded to set down a code of laws for her pirate empire. Now, these laws were as follows. Number one, anyone who did not obey any orders directly coming from Shai or give an order not approved by her was beheaded on the spot. Number two, it was not permitted to steal from the general fund or from any villager who supplied the pirates. Number three, all booty taken in the raid had to be on display for the entire group to see. It was then recorded and given out by the fleet leader. Number four, any actual money taken in their raids was to be turned over to the squadron leader. A small amount was then returned to the crew responsible for the seizure. The spoils of their efforts were used to purchase supplies for the unsuccessful ships. Shai then made it clear that these laws would be strictly enforced. Violations of these codes were dealt with in a rather severe manner. Offenders might be flogged, clamped in irons, or even dismembered. And anyone caught deserting or leaving without position, well, they had their ears cut off and then were humiliated by being made to parade in front of the entire squadron. All of this made for a fighting force that was totally fearless and committed. 
even when outnumbered. Now, Shai's Code did have some special rules for female captains. Now, quite often, the pirates would keep the most attractive women for their wives. But if a pirate did take a wife, he had to be faithful to only her. Now, while some were deemed to be too unattractive were released, other women were sometimes ransomed. Pirates who raped female captives were put to death. If a pirate and one of the captured women had uh, consensual sex, well, the pirate was beheaded. As for women, well, that woman would have cannonballs attached to her legs and then tossed into the sea. So uh, there was very little pirate hanky-panky going on. After Shy took over the business and expanded it even further, at the height of her power, the fleet under her command grew to an estimated 1,800 ships with over 70,000 men. Now, with the help of Sheng Po, her lover, who just also happened to be her adopted stepson, she demanded protection money from coastal communities. Her fleet attacked ships in the South China Sea and once, once even kidnapped seven British sailors who were held for ransom. Now, Shai's reign of terror ran all the way from Macau to Canton. In one village alone, her troops beheaded over 80 men and then abducted the women and children, selling them into slavery. Then, in January of 1808, the Chinese government tried to destroy her fleet in a series of battles. Instead, the forces of Shai captured almost all of the government's ships. Yeah, the Chinese government was forced into using only fishing vessels for their navy. For years, numerous forces tried to defeat the Red Flag Fleet without success. Finally, starting in September of 1809, Shai's mighty Red Flag Fleet began to suffer a series of defeats at the hands of the mighty Portuguese Navy. At the final battle, on January 21st of 1810, they fully surrendered to that fierce Navy from Portugal. An amnesty was offered by the Chinese government to all pirates who agreed to surrender. Now, according to Chinese historians, of the over 17,000 pirates in Shai's fleet, only 60 were banished. 151 were exiled, and a mere 126 were put to death. Now, when the remainder of the pirates surrendered their weapons, they were allowed to go free. As for uh, Shai and Chang Po, well, they asked the local governor to dissolve their mother-son relationship so they could be married. Now, they argued that they were not blood relatives, which was true. 
So their request was granted. Shai and Cheng Po would go on to have two children. Shai then used her massive loot to open up a gambling house. When Cheng Po died in 1822, Shai moved her family to Macau, and there she opened up a new gambling house, plus uh, a brothel. She entered into the lucrative salt trade as well as smuggling opium. She was one enterprising woman. Now, in later years, she even served as an advisor to the Chinese government in their battle with the British during the infamous Opium Wars. Then, after a life of violence, Shai died quietly in her bed in 1844, surrounded by her family. She was 69 years old. Now, in an age when the role of a pirate chief was almost exclusively conducted by men, Xing Ai Shai proved she was a match for any man with feats that were amazing and commandingly true. Well, there you are, episode number 56, entitled World's Greatest Pirate. <laughs> it's part of our weekly series entitled Elfie's Amazing But True Tales. Now, each week, we feel privileged to present for your enjoyment and edification a brand new audio story from our collection of amazing but true accounts from history. Now, some of these narratives come from our book entitled Elfie's Amazing But True Tales of American History and More. Now, did you know that as a listener to this program, you are entitled to purchase autograph copies, that's right, autograph copies of our original book, Elfie's Amazing But True Tales of American History and More, at half the publisher's price of $13.95 or a mere $7 per book. And that includes free shipping and handling anywhere within the United States. For more information, merely go to elfiesworld.com. That's A-L-F-Y-S-W-O-R-L-D, elfiesworld.com, and click on Elfie, the writer, for more information. And now, I would like to thank the following for helping to make this program possible. First, Garrett Wolfram, our technical producer and supervisor, the late Irene Wolfram, Principal Editor and Provider of Sage Council. Expert Publishing for their help in editing and publishing our book. Lucas Ganza Anna Waltz for the Parlor Guitar Magic Set. Herbert Bolin for his Piano Mood Happy Four. Ninad Simic for Piano Transition. And finally, the thousands of readers who have supported our efforts from the beginning. 